0: to stay in the same situation then continue doing what you're doing you guys can get on board and go down this four-lane highway and just rock it out and you don't have to have a decade of learning process meet people where they are if you want to have all types of clients be a rubik's cube. meet them where they want to be met we have to know our numbers we have to know how much we want and then what, how many deals do I have to close to make that a reality? What I want to do over the next half hour or so is give you clarity on the items that really are going to generate money for you and allow you to do the things you want to do. Sorry. If you're not currently being coached by the people in the industry that are doing it at the highest level, then you're working too hard to get there. This is the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast with Kenneth Travis and Sean Zominoff. Hello, everybody. Sean Zalmanoff here at this episode of Next Level Loan Officers podcast, and we are joined by Kelly Zitlow of Cornerstone Home Lending. Kelly, how are you today?
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm fantastic, Kelly. So uh, you are now a 23 year industry veteran, correct?
1: <laughs> well, that means I started when I was 12, right, Sean? Make sure 10. we get the time. I thought you were. I yeah. thought it was 10. Yeah, we'll go with 12. 12 okay, is good. 12. Yeah. 12.
0: <laughs> Uh, well, hey, welcome. I appreciate uh, you being here today. Uh, from what we've been talking before, there's a ton that you have to share with us and uh, and looking forward to the value that you're going to bring to everybody listening and watching us today. So 23 years in the industry and uh, you live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I do. Wasn't affected by the forced, uh, foreclosure crisis at all, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk it's about been, that.
0: It's been easy the whole time, right?
1: No, it hasn't been. It's no. been tough. This business is not an easy business, you know, but it's rewarding and we stick with it and it's, it's good stuff.
0: So for everybody listening, so Kelly really focuses on education and it's been a a niche that she's carved out. Uh, She's certified to teach some CE and we're going to talk about that shortly, but let's talk about the first uh, career 1.0 versus career 2.0. You were saying, so uh, from 96 to 2006 was 1.0. What was what was that ride like getting in in the industry the up and then and then 2007
1: so, I kind of fell into the industry. I think that's important to um, comment on. I come from a um, very stable parents, very blue-collar family, worked on their jobs for 30 years, never even knew the word commission, like that was never in the conversation, no entrepreneurial spirit, none of that. And um, I had graduated college a little bit uh, later in my life and was on track to go to law school. And I was working at Chili's and bartending, and that's how I got myself through school. Had student loans, all that fun stuff. And I had about six months before I graduated to when I was gonna go to law school. And I was still working at Chili's and obviously I had graduated. So now I was working there full time and let's just say the restaurant business in me is not a good fit. Uh, and I go to bed by nine thirty at night, like bartending was not fun for me. You know, I start breaking down the machines at 10 and we're open until one. It just wasn't good. So I went to happy hour, met some friends up. And, uh, one of the gals there said, Hey, I work for a mortgage company and they're hiring. You should come. And, um, talk to them. And then maybe you do this before you go to law school. I was like, hmm, mortgage company, what is that? Right. I had no idea. So I I'd go in and visit with them and we had a, a few conversations and they're like, gosh, you would be fantastic. You should take this job. Here's how it works. You don't get paid unless you actually sell something. I'm like, hmm, what am I selling? <laughs> what is that? you know? And so that's kind of how it started. I uh, went home to my new husband. We had no children at that time. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about taking this job. I don't really get paid. And, um, unless I do this thing, but I don't really kind of know what it is. And he's like, "Oh, just do it. You're going to law school in six months, you know, just do it. And I did. And I never turned back. It was a great fit later. Yeah. It was a great fit. Not, not, um, I mean, it was very scary uh, just because of my upbringing. It was not stable, if you will, with regard to the income part of it. But it was such a natural fit because I'm highly relational, but I'm very detailed when it comes to reading guidelines and strategy and structure and that kind of stuff. So it's really a, a best of both worlds for how I'm wired. And um, so, I mean, it was, a, it was a very one of the greatest gifts that I have received over my life was just to be introduced to this business. And uh, it's a fun business, but it's also ugly as we all know. It's tough. Uh, sometimes I felt like I'm in a war zone. So from 96 to 2006, I mean, this was before Google, okay? This is barely when the internet was out. We had like a tri-fold or a tri-carbon copy good faith estimate that we had to write really hard on to make sure that it went through all the pages. I mean, it was just such a different world. And uh, naturally, Title I's, 125's, streamlined Me Finances. I did all of those early on in my career. And like in 1998, I decided I wanted to be a loan officer that helped people buy homes. So that was kind of the transition of 96 and 98. I did all these other types of loans, just learning the business. In 98, I started to really say, hmm, how am I going to do this? And, um, from 98 to 2006, as we all know, the market was just so different. Um, certainly interest rates were all over the place. We had these exotic loans, you know, 80 twenties with this or that, which I always struggled with. And I mean, I think I did maybe five negam arms in my career from 96 to 2006. I just always felt like it was a product that was designed for a certain person And not everybody, right?
0: And and sold to the single mom who couldn't afford a Right, that
1: was dated and calm with this and that. I mean, it was just one of those things that logically, it didn't didn't work, right? So that was, in hindsight, probably something that uh, saved me. And my career was not going down that path. Um, But, so we had a great run up into 2006. I was on vacation. I remember it, the day the markets crashed, the the faucet turned off, warehouse lines were closing, you know, uh, companies were closing here in Arizona. I mean, our, our, the biggest mortgage banker at that time shut down uh, overnight. It was just, this was what kind of started the, oh my gosh, what, what is this even mean? So um, I'm a fighter. I'm a bit feisty and I had 10 years under my belt and I really love what I do. So it wasn't like oh, I'm going to go do something else. I'm just like, well, we got to get through it. We got to figure out how we can help our community. And it was really tough because I had a ton of business partners that were leaving the business. They were losing their homes. Some of them, I had so many clients that had lost their jobs that were losing their homes. Like, We shifted so fast into this short sale, REO, how to just walk people through the, the thought that they could have a home again right because it was so painful and psychologically our country really at least in my world in my experience had never been through something so devastating that the morale of our community was so down so um
0: oh yeah I have a question for you first so sure. it's interesting my my career started very similar to yours I, I was I was never going to go well Law school was far away um, that I ever intended to be at, uh, but I managed and uh, bartended uh, all throughout college at a restaurant, and uh, there, there was a guy who came in for like three years and tried to hire me.
1: Oh my and, gosh.
0: And finally, after interviewing for uh, tons of jobs in 2000, um, I uh, was realized I needed to do something else and, yeah. uh, and ended up moving away from school and, and taking a job back here in St. Louis, but my question is, so that six month period, I'm going to law school. I mean, you were in law school, like you were registered, yeah. ready to sign yeah. up for classes.
1: Yeah, yeah. What happened
0: yeah. in that time that, um, that that you were like, wow, this is, this is for me. This is what I want to do.
1: I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the grind. I fell in love with the mass amount of learning. I fell in love with the fact that I could build something through this process and help people. And I love the relational part of it. Um, I, and then I was going to have to finance law school with student loans as well. So it was one of those things that, you know, I had $28,000 in student loans when I graduated with my undergrad degree, and it was going to cost me about a hundred thousand at that point in time, a million years to go to, to go to law school. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just work, you know, one more year, And I, will just really try this and see what I can do to set myself up for law school. And I just never, I, I I was like, I don't want to go to law school. I love what I'm doing, you know, and this is a great fit for me. So I knew it early on that I had the uh, drive and the skills and the excitement for it to have it take me down a different path. And I was, I wasn't so strict with my thought that I couldn't, um, be open to it.
0: How was that sell to uh, your parents when growing up in a blue collar household of uh, being like, I'm not going to go get this job, which at that point had some kind of implicit guarantee built into it. Yeah. And I'm just going to go do this other thing that nobody understands. And for the rest of my life, people are going to tell me to get a real job and, yeah. uh, and make, be commissioned.
1: Yeah. So my parents are, you know, they've always believed in me. And I think it was just one of those things that they just were like, you know what? Uh, she's going to figure it out. And so just supporting me along the way, it wasn't a lot of friction. My dad was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure.
0: So obviously you haven't lost the passion. You're going to close help 300 plus families this year. As as that transition was happening, how many families were you helping back in, you know, 2005,
1: 2006? Yeah. So back then it was about a hundred, um, Families help purchase homes that type of thing 110 right in that range. Maybe we'd run 92 in 110 in that range um, and Still a lot of refinances because the product that was available back then allowed people obviously to tap into more equity There was a lot of speculation in this market, which it you know, didn't help the fact that you know what happened when it happened Uh, you know, people weren't buying houses at that point to live in. They were buying houses to flip and make a hundred thousand dollars in five minutes. Like it was just a different mindset. So, um, but yeah, we were still you know doing well and still loved it. And then, like I said, the faucet turned off and, um, everything we went from really from excelling to surviving, you know, and then we got into that mindset or I got in the mindset of, um, I'm just going to take care of people that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to fight through this and it's going to be okay. And my industry needs me. My community needs me. I felt like I'm not even a licensed therapist, but part of me was just like, giving hope. And and so I started to really dive into the guidelines. And this is where my wiring really did help. I was started to read and better understand. I never knew that you could buy a house after foreclosure. I never knew what short sale guidelines were. I didn't know any of that. We had done very little FHA or VA financing in that 2000 to 2006 window. And then the world changed. And so I got really good and very educated on buying a home after short sale foreclosure, bankruptcy. And so that became my thing. I started to um, be invited to speak to groups of realtors just to bring hope and education to them that their clients that had gone through this, uh, they there was an opportunity to buy again. So that became the backdrop of um, how I started to teach. Somebody saw me and said, hey, have you ever thought about actually teaching CE? And I was like, no, what is that? Okay, sure, you know, and I went down that path and. So I, till, I still teach uh, CE today for realtors, and um, it's obviously evolved, the content. The industry's changed so much, but I love it. It was a great fit.
0: How many classes of CE do you have approved in Arizona?
1: I have five approved.
0: So do you do, like, one of the things that I do, um, there, there's a few classes that we have approved, uh, is every couple of years I teach, uh, like, we just spend two days and, uh, and teach <clears throat> rent out a room very inexpensively and let realtors come get all their CE for their two years. Do you do something like that and put on a big event or?
1: Uh, The school I teach through used to do that with a variety of instructors. It's not my school. um, So I just have a little piece of it and um, I've, I keep doing it because I love it. Um, And I think that there's value in it. But you know, with online education today, we're starting to see the transition from people showing up to CE to actually just being and doing it online because it's more convenient. So, So we'll see, you know. So really kind of the transition was back in 2013, 14, I had this epiphany that I should take my passion for education and start doing video. And so in 2013, I met with my marketing gal. I'm like, okay, we got to do this video thing. Like this is kind of, again, ahead of the curve with regard to video and it can't be that hard. Right? So We set out to do video and it was awful. And I, the whole year of 2013, I shot with a teleprompter. I shot with a green screen. I shot here in my office. And it was awful. I was like, I am, there is no way in heck I am sending out a video to anybody, not even my mom. Like, this is awful. I can't do this. But somewhere in my head, I knew that I had to do it. You know, I just knew that there was something there. And so really what happened was for me and really where the big jump came in my second half of my career was in 2014, January, 2014, I sat down with my marketing gal and I just said, what is it? Why can't I uh, figure this out? And she's like, you're just overthinking it. She's like, you are so critical of yourself. You are so in your head. She's like, Kelly, just be me, just be you, and be you with me as we're talking, because I'm very passionate, I'm very excited, I, I love what I do, she's like, just be that. And so we did, and I started st- shooting video, we send it out to the real, real estate community 50 weeks out of the year consistently since 2014, and when I incorporated video into my process, my brand, and the ability to give nuggets and education through those videos, that's what has brought us today to where we are.
0: Fantastic. I mean, we're finally at the point in the mortgage business. I mean, we've been talking about doing video for, I mean, almost a decade now. <laughs> and like it's it's finally catching on. We we've been doing it since roughly the same time that you are that you have as well too. And it's just amazing the brand and the presence and walking in a room and like people feel like they know you. It, it yeah. just does so many different things to Add credibility, and when you're real and you're yourself, and I'm the same way. Like, I mean, I think everything that I say, I'm like, oh man, why did I say that? Like,
1: oh God! But,
0: but we're I, at the precipice. I think less of-
1: about it. I think less about all of that critical part. I started to shift. There was a big shift in that 2014 where I was like, you know, I, I got to stop thinking about me. I got to really just start thinking about what can I share with Sean today in this two minutes that would bring value to him. And when I made that mental shift, it was. It was the game changer for me when it came to video. I just, you know, am I, do I sort back to the little critical thinking every now and then I do, but not nearly like I did before. And now I just get out of it faster. I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, I flugged on that word. Okay. Let's go forward. You know,
0: but it makes you real and yeah. it makes people like you more. So that, yeah. so that was really an important uh, little nugget. that You just said, what can I do today to add value to that person who's going to be hearing this two minutes yeah. of video or this, yeah. Video. Uh, if there's one thing that everybody listening and watching us right now needs to take away, it, it's that. Like, what can I do when I'm picking off the phone and calling a realtor to talk to them? If I'm calling my client, talking to your significant other, like, what can you do to add value for somebody? That should be the number one question on the top of your mind all of the time. And, you know, one of our principles that you can't see behind us, but, uh, but dollars follow value. The more value that you create for others in the market, the the more money that you make just because people understand that you're real and genuine and you want to help so as, as, you, as you transition out of the foreclosure crisis and into where you are now and you know helping 200 300 families a year and, and building this brand which by the way all if you're not following kelly on zillow uh on zillow <laughs> kelly zitlow if you're not following her on youtube she has an amazing youtube channel uh kelly what is it they just go to search Kelly Zitlow?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, so everybody look her up there. Uh, like we, we have to be doing these things. So so as you were moving, when, when did it start? Like when did it really change? Was it video that made you start being able to help so many more families a year? Um, was yeah. it CE? Because like one of the other things too, um, like Kelly, you, you haven't talked about chasing 12 different shiny objects. <laughs> you talked about doing CE being a beacon of hope and educating realtors and families in a time where one of the larger foreclosure crises happened in the country and you've talked about doing video and so many loan officers you know I mean we're just programmed like we see something cool who oh, sell me I want to buy it and instead like you're you're really focused on the few things that you know have an impact for others and that have an impact on your business What do you do to stay that focused in in helping others and making sure that you're not off chasing something else? And how did you do it back then, knowing that uh, the fruits were, you needed to plant those seeds for the fruits to come later?
1: Well, I didn't know it back then. I had a gut instinct that video was, was something that would work for me to help educate and share and just stay in touch with people. So, um, that was kind of how it started and then it really took off. So the first year I did video, my business increased by 34% just in that one year. So I really did attribute it to the fact that I was able to communicate with people in a different way. Um, so that was the big part of it and that continued with the education and the CE and lunch and learns and things like that. They just really worked nicely together, But I'm often asked, Sean, like, what's the secret? You know, how have you had all the success? Um, How have you made it this long? You know, (laughs) somebody just asked me that last week in this business. And honestly, I just show up every day. I'm very disciplined with what I have to get done. I have great people around me. i have an amazing team. I have people that are honest with me. You know, my marketing gal has been with me for six years and we filter all the shiny objects that come through. know, I'm no different than you or any other loan officer out there like, oh my gosh, that sounds great. We should consider that. And then it goes to her. She filters it through our brand, our capacity, the economics of it, and then she'll come back and we'll sit down and talk about it. So I use people around me to help pour into the process because... I would be like, oh yeah, let's go do that. No, no, we're not going to do that. I got to come back here. Right. So I have more blinders on today with regard to the shiny stuff. Uh, and really am focused on just staying disciplined, uh, being in the relationship, taking care of people, doing what I love and helping people buy, sell and refinance. Right.
0: It's just amazing. Like how many people want the, they they want the instant gratification. Like <laughs> Yeah. It's just, it's just our world. It's just our nature. But you know, I'm, I've been doing this since 2002 myself and like the amount of hours, the amount of weeks that I spent working 60, 70 hours a week, which I'll never to go back to uh, again. It's just like, I did the work. I worked harder than everyone else, which wasn't always working smarter than everyone else, but right. actually, I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that if I put in the work, um, because I was just programmed to work harder again. I mean, my dad worked on heavy machinery, uh, before he was finally able to retire his whole life. I mean, just very, very blue collar, that whole same idea, but that work ethic, uh, From that, my upbringing was instilled inside of me.
1: And And I think business coaching, you know, is another big thing that loan um, officers—they're more—it's more open and acceptable today. And a lot of loan officers kind of get their arms around being in some type of coaching program. But I'm a big advocate of coaching. I've been in coaching since 2010, and. There is no question that it helps with the accountability, the discipline, and just really that forward thinking about what is taking place in the industry. Um, because let's face it, there's what it looks like today is not what it's going to be what it looks like in two years, four years, six years from now. So being able to be in a coaching program that is really focused on this industry has been invaluable to me. So. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I was just talking. We were on a, a call yesterday with uh, some clients, and they were they were at our event in Dallas, and picked up one thing over a comment, and it, it was actually it's a homebot. Uh, it's a technology that you can buy, and it mails out to it keeps people updated every single month. And he uh, he kind of he specializes in VA loans and has a little bit of unique market. So it's it's on his website. It's on the mailers that he sends out, and. He, you pick one thing, it's a couple hundred bucks a month for the technology, and over the course of the last three months since implementing it, like, it's just been amazing what you see in your business and the problem that, that we see so much when people come to our events or other coaching events is, first of all, they get really excited. And unfortunately, like 80% of people go back and do nothing after they're, they're excited. But then half of the people who do do something, they try to do 10 things at once. Yep. You, you got to focus, you find that niche carve out what you want and, and do it. And, you know, it also helps to to have a nice face for video too. So you're a little <laughs> bit more fortunate than uh, yeah. some of us as well. So that's, that's great as well, Kelly. Um, what else? So, so obviously you've been talking about no magic pill, um, your YouTube channel, if somebody wanted to follow you and see what was going on, uh, anything else that you want to share with our listeners and, and watchers today?
1: Yeah, so I do think that digital media is really an important area to be in as this industry continues to change. And so if you're not comfortable with video, first, I would encourage you to get comfortable with video. But if you just can't get there, then figure out where your niche is going to be in the digital media space, whether that's a podcast, whether that's a blog, a blog, whatever it is, and get tactical about it. We can't just keep talking about it. You're going to have to take action and do it and start now because it's only going to move faster. And like I said, that whole digital media area is a really important part for all of us so people can find us, right? So people can uh, get to know us, our referral process is changing. It used to be when a realtor referred you or me to a client, then they would just pick up the phone and call us, but that's not necessarily the way it works today. They go online, they're gonna vet us, they might email us or text us. It's just a different approach. So staying forward thinking and evolving as the industry is evolving is really important in my opinion. Well,
0: the thing is, when they go online, no matter how great Kelly and I are and how great the mortgage companies are that we work with, we, we don't have the advertising budgets or the framework of the mega lenders of the world. And they are trying to replace us with this device. are not out ahead of it. And if you're not out building that brand and all you become is, hey, what's your rate? What's your cost? Like, the average loan officer makes 114 basis points in the country. Yeah. That is the single biggest thing. I mean, the, the reason Zillow hired the former CEO of Expedia is because he already put an entire industry out of business, and, and they want to do the same thing on both the real estate and the mortgage side. I'm not trying to say this to scare you, because I don't need to go out and carve out 7,000 more loans a month. Right. Carve out five more loans a month. If I help you carve out five more loans a month, I've made your year. So, like, you need to look at it from that standpoint, and we don't need to compete on that level. Nope. Hyper local. Hey, I'm here to help you. There is so much value that you can bring to your market. So don't be scared by the changes that are coming. Embrace them. And you know, we all look how we look. The only people we can blame for that is our parents. And, <laughs> uh, get out there and do it. We, you've you've made it this far in your life, looking how you are and sounding how you sound. So.
1: Well, and don't underestimate what you know, right? Don't underestimate what's in here because there is value in that. So share it.
0: So uh, we have, uh, if you guys want to plug into us more, you can always text uh, "Next Level" to 36260. Uh, you, we have a big event. Uh, by the time everybody is listening to this, uh, it'll be coming up in just a week or two in Dallas on July 18th and 19th. Uh, quite a few special guests that we have that you're probably going to get emails about very soon as well too and uh kelly thank you very much for joining us today and we will see you on the next one
1: sounds good thanks so much for having me